0: hello everyone and welcome to the geary stein and steven show an amazing video podcast with sports stars entertainment celebrities and other great guests combining one host who has no legs one host who lives in duluth minnesota and another host who seems to never be on the show but now on to the show with troy dave and maybe even will
1: Well, hello 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 everybody it's uh winding down here in the summer and uh it's good to see everybody out there and uh the midwest and everything now tonight our guest is a big part of our show and he is from the midwest uh he started his career early in there but uh we'll talk a little bit about that in just a little bit but let me bring in uh my co-host with the most of course. Troy Geary, who uh, lives in Duluth, Minnesota, and we want to go up there where the Twins are in first place. Troy was just at a game uh, just, just a couple days ago. You were covering the Twins, right, Troy?
2: Yeah, I was there last night. They played the Rangers. Uh, they were down 5-2, uh, to two, and they came back in the eighth inning, 1-7-5. So Texas continues to uh, has their slide, and the Twins uh, are still eking out wins. So, yeah, what a, what uh, a great end of the playoffs and stuff, so. I'm interested? Yeah, in, it's going to be see what happens. Maybe this year they can it's finally be, get past the first round.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be really fun to them. You know, they're kind of quiet, and maybe they can uh, make some noise. And uh, but speaking of making some noise. I'm excited, Troy. Uh, we just found out that the uh, uh, the Saint of Second Chances, uh, which is the story about Mike Vec, and when I played with the Saints and all the amazing things, disco demolition and all that kind of stuff, uh, the movie's coming out. And uh, I'm pretty excited to be a part of that, Troy, and I know you're looking forward to it. So uh, why don't we make our premiere? Because I know it's not run on any TV channels anywhere, but uh, here is the trailer for The Saint of Second Chances.
2: Started at a one. Uh-huh take it to a 10, and if it gets you arrested, we've gone too far.
3: This is the true story of a family of baseball hustlers.
0: My dad used to say, a hustler's not a con man. The Hustler believes. Dang, that's one!
1: All the fun stuff that happens at baseball games, fireworks, giveaways, you name it, they invented it.
0: We're going to do something that are going to make people sit up and take notice. There was street theater wrapped around a ball game. What could possibly go wrong? 10,000 people on that field! Oh, that's what could go wrong. This was an audience unlike we'd ever seen. In numbers we'd never seen. At the end of the night, I said, to "The old man, I'm done. I'm, I'm quitting." The thing about second chances
3: is, you never know where they're going to come from.
0: Hello? I needed a miracle to really get people talking. Come on, try off the St. Saint Paul Saints, all right? Little did he know, redemption
3: is a two-way street.
0: It could not fail. I would come home and be scared to death. He never let it show.
1: My dream was to play professional baseball, and thanks to
0: Mike Beck, that came true. St. Paul brought me back to life.
3: When you think it's old,
0: look at a baseball field, and every field I see has a piece of my family in it. And with his two kids by his side, Mike shows them both how to be a hustler. All that laughter and fun was going to save us. This is the story of a guy who struggled to be a good son, and accidentally became a great dad. Nobody ever cheered for Goliath. What do you think? They were sitting in the Coliseum going, crush that little bum.
1: <laughs> All right. saying Second Chances, September 19th on Netflix. And uh, it, it's pretty cool when you see yourself in a movie trailer, Troy. Uh, but... Uh, I'm excited for you guys to see, you know, when I played, we didn't have the Internet, so my story wasn't a huge deal, but I know it documents my time with Daryl Strawberry. Jack Morris was on the team, and again, Mike Vec has done some amazing things in baseball. It's going to be a great one.
2: Yeah, Isle of Borders, I mean, we can go on and on. I mean, I, I'm excited for this. So,
1: Yeah, um, but I'm more excited now to uh, bring in our guest tonight. Our guest, of course, uh, I worked with at ESPN, and uh, you know the name. He's uh, very famous as far as his longevity at ESPN. I'm talking about, of course, uh, John Anderson, uh, who ran for president? I believe in nineteen. Uh, I think it was eighty. And then, of course, he had an amazing country and western career with uh, a couple of hit songs out there. No, no, no. Uh, you're confusing the John Andersons. This is, of course, John Anderson, the ESPN anchor, the Emmy-winning anchor, joining us tonight. And uh, John, uh, where are you tonight? You, are you in Bristol? I don't even know where you're at.
3: Well, first off, you forgot the great Green Bay Packer, John Anderson, as well. Don't forget, don't. I mean, if you're going to confuse me, get the get the most important guy <laughs> right on there too when that comes through. It so uh, I'm coming to you from uh, my, even though it looks like I'm from some sort of uh, shrine of Wisconsin. There are no candles back here. By the way, are you on fire, Dave? Are you okay?
1: <laughs> I, I'm okay. Yeah, this is uh, we've we've got a uh, um, uh, people okay. that we worked with from uh, uh, city bonfires, and you can see uh, okay. it's a nice little portable fire pit that you can't get burned. <laughs> And good. you can you know, do marshmallows and all kinds of fun
3: stuff. So, all right, good. So
1: uh, one of those cool things. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, John, I'm, just, I'm glad uh, you're joining us. I'm in the middle us. of
3: Connecticut. I'm like, yeah. I'm in the middle, I'm, I'm middle of Connecticut. I'm I'm 15, 20 minutes north of uh, of the network. And I just thought, oh, I have mosquitoes too. remind me to get some citronella candles. Uh, and I figured that's just what you were doing is warding off the mosquitoes.
1: Well, uh, the City Bonfires guys do have it. Um, so if you're out there watching us, Start being our sponsor. But anyway, let's get right into uh, the show tonight. Again, John Anderson joining us from ESPN. And uh, John, I, you know, uh, you talk about longevity, especially as we've seen in recent years and everything like that. I mean, uh, to still be out there, to still work with the young kids, and occasionally you pair up with the oldies, uh, you know, we've we've watched you grow over the years, and it's it's been neat. So what do you attribute that longevity to?
3: Uh, well, mostly to trying not to make any kind of, uh, noise news or headlines that would call my bosses to recall that I actually work there. Right. I figure <laughs> let's just keep showing up on the schedule and showing up, but at no point do they go, uh, cause you know, Dave, how it is I work. I work a lot of late nights, runs in the morning. Most of those people have to get up and work late. So they don't really know that I'm even there. So that's what I think most of it is just completely, uh, I am camouflaged, um, from the, from the decision makers um, and aside from them, maybe not knowing that I worked there and trying not to arouse their suspicion. Uh, I'd like to think that I just, I just did the job. Okay. That, you know, I go on every night and I, I worry about being correct. I worry about making sure that uh, the facts are right. I worry about making sure the names are correct. I worry about making sure that the score is correct. Uh, Cause we do a lot of fancy stuff. We do a lot of crazy gimmicks. We do a lot of, you know, neat um scores and informations and graphics, we can overload you. But mostly what I like to do, and I, this happened the other day, to poor Nicole Briscoe, she got a thing and it had the wrong score. And I'm like, in the end of the day, I am here, I am in the bottom, I am in the, uh, uh, the bottom line is I'm in the final score business. Uh, there's a lot of things that intrude on that during the course of a show. Um, but I want to get that right. So hopefully that's just it. I, you know, I, I just, I am not trying to light myself on fire uh, or, smoke bombs or anything like that i just uh, i like to go out and do the job the best i can i still really enjoy it um like i said i work with some younger people so every once in a while i get a shot sheet or something that that gives me a phonetic spelling of yastrzemski and i, I just need to you know <laughs> shake my head <laughs> and then there are great days where every once in a while i get paired up with uh with Bucci cross or or levy or some clown like that and then it's really kind of a, sadly it can go off the rails but i like to think that's entertaining for so some folks
2: uh, you're making no secret your love for your University uh, of uh, your alma mater, University of
3: Missouri. What makes Columbia so special? Yeah. So despite all the Wisconsin, st- I'm kind of a two tiered guy, right? So I have the I have the Wisconsin thing here because I'm very I'm, i grew up there and I have been a lifelong Badger until I showed up at Missouri. You know, still a Packer fan, the Brewers, the Bucks, uh, but I, I love my alma mater, uh, and and I've made this before. I kind of, I grew up in Wisconsin. But I feel like any place, like you mature kind of at college, you grow, you kind of more form who you are as an adult. There, you make attachments that are more mature. You, those friends tend to hang on in life. I think uh, I probably have more friends um, in college from college than I do for my fifth grade class. Although I feel like I have a lot of friends from my fifth grade class. By the way, we're getting ready for our fortieth anniversary, so you know, people like uh, you know, danced at Oler, Barb Flagstad. Hopefully, you know, we run into each other there. Um, but then the other part is really, is that having run for the university, I was on the track team. Mm -hmm. And so kind of once you put on the colors and my senior year, I wasn't great, but by the time I was a senior, I was a captain of the team. And I, I guess I feel like somehow in along the way, you become more invested when, when, you know, when you wear, uh, when you wear Missouri across your chest and you run for the university and you're trying to do the best you can for that. And you run with some really good guys who took a lot of pride in in trying to beat Nebraska or trying to beat Kansas or whomever it was that was on the schedule or in the Big Eight at the time. That's, again, how old I am. Um, And and so my captain's ring is important to me. Uh, It's funny. uh, You showed the picture of me in my letter jacket. They did a thing, and a bunch of Missouri people that worked at ESPN for the longest time because I get that I'm on TV there. Uh, But, gosh, Dave knows this. Uh, John Walsh, who is the father of SportsCenter, is a Mizzou guy and the number of PAs that came through. And then it wasn't just me. Matt Weiner was a Mizzou guy and Michael Kim was a Mizzou guy and Seth Wickersham and Wright Thompson. And so there's a whole slew of us. And they now uh,
1: Hollywood dudes. So, you know,
3: <laughs> and so then they, they just said, Hey, can you, you want to put something on the Missouri and like, you know what, I'm going to drag this out of the mothballs. And I, you know, I'm proud. I'm proud of my letter Jack. Cause it's the one thing that no matter how much money you give the alumni association, you can't get right. You can get pins, you can get wards, you can get all kinds of stuff. But less between the ages of 18 and 22, during those four years of eligibility, that's the only time you can earn that thing that I'm wearing right there.
1: And you had the Buddy Holly dude going there, too. So you had everything styling. What's that? You had the Buddy Holly dude there yep. going.
3: So, yeah. Oh, yeah. We cut her down. We keep, we keep it tight. We keep And it tight.
1: I actually, I do my homework, and I actually found some actual archive footage of you racing. And if you want to take a look at how you used to look when you were running.
3: Sure. What do you have here? Yeah, that's about right.
1: Yeah. See, so I think you were in the inside lane, and uh, if we check it out here, yeah, that was you. You were one of the faster guys, I think, back then. So, so
3: uh, let me tell you about. It's not that exact video. <laughs> if you have watched *Chariots of Fire*, which is that video, right? That kind of stuff back then. That movie where Harold Abrams is trying to win the hundred meters. He is trying to beat Jackson Shoals from the United States, who was a University of the Missouri grad. Uh, Jackson Schultz, who's kind of who becomes kind of the protagonist in there, or the antagonist yeah. because of that, uh, and went on and actually won the 200 there and has an Olympic gold medal in the silver because he lost that race. But yeah, so we're represented in that kind of video. You can I it did, may not uh, be, I... but our history is in that video. I, when
1: I did my searches, I pulled it up and I'm like, there's actually footage from 1920 or whatever it was. So, yeah. but, uh, no, thanks for being a good sport because I, you know, a lot of people don't knew, not know that you, you know, transitioned a lot into covering, uh, track and field and, and, and those kind of sports. Yeah. So is, is that kind of been a rebirth for you as far as the excitement of just the day-to-day boringness of covering same old Billy's Eagles, you know, those kind of things. Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah, I I tell everybody, the only bad part about this job, other than sometimes the hours are really awful, is that um, you kind of, if you're at the desk, you're there a lot. And when you work local, which is where most of us have come from, you get to know the teams, you get to know the players. And by the time you get to ESPN and you spend so much time on the desk, uh, you kind of tend to get divorced from that. So the fact and and then it becomes just the same four walls. So when you can get out and do things, whether it's an NBA finals or the uh, national championship football game, those are always that reinvigorates you. And when they when the opportunity came to uh, cover some track and field, I jumped at it. I love it. Um, there's not a long line to do it. Um, the line to get to the masters is way longer than the the line to get to the NCAA championships in Eugene, Oregon. Um, but it's great. And I get to connect with the athletes and I still feel like I have a, a pretty good feel for the sport. It has not outgrown me. I have not aged out of it. Um, other than I can't jump seven feet in the air anymore. Um, and so I just, I love that. I love the kids. I love the energy around. I love the coaches. The coaches are always appreciative to see you. They like that their sport is being covered which isn't always the case when you go see, I don't know, Nick Saban or something like he because he deals with that 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I don't want to get down on on Nick, but track coaches are glad to have the attention. So, yeah, it's been really great for me. I love it. And uh, and then getting to do the New York and Boston Marathon. Those are thrills because those are world class major races. And, uh, yeah, it's been it's been really one of the great joys of working at ESPN over the last 25 years is the last uh, six, seven or eight doing that stuff.
1: All right, John Anderson from ESPN and uh, Wipeout and all those kind of things that we'll talk about coming up in the next segment. But uh, I'm going to work here a little bit on my marshmallows. Don't go away. You're watching Gary Stein and Stevens.
3: Looking for shirts as a thicker guy can be difficult, but Fresh Clean Threads has you covered. They're designed with a little extra room in the stomach area, but still a nice clean fit on the arms and chest. They're also so comfortable that my girl loves to steal them to sleep in sometimes. They're easily the best fitting shirts I've ever worn. I get compliments every time I throw one on. People even ask if I've been hitting the gym more. Fresh Clean Threads fit like a designer shirt, but for a fraction of the cost. You've got to check them out.
1: Fresh Clean Threads, use that GSS show code 20% off. Hi everybody, Dave Stevens for the Geary Stein and Stevens Show at the Miami Marlins Ballpark. And you know what, we get great stars, celebrities, and entertainers on our show, but there's all kinds of great programming and content on your home TV. Your Home TV is a free on-demand streaming service reaching global audiences. They feature family-friendly programs with a vast selection of topics and interests. Their platform ideally matches content producers, leading viewers, smart device precision, and immersive HD experiences, plus ease of transaction solutions for everyone. Plus, they've got great shows and content like A Moment of Zen, Financial Freedom, the retirement halftime show and make it happen. And they have all kinds of travel shows, food shows, great programming, and great content. So for more information, go to yourhometv.com. Check out the Gary sign and Steven show and all of the other great shows. Yourhometv.com. Tell them Dave sent you. All right. Welcome back. Uh, yeah, I've got my some more here and uh, we're here for uh, part two of our show with uh, John Anderson, the legendary John Anderson, joining us from uh, here in Connecticut, just a little bit up the street from me. And, uh, John, I, w- I want to ask you, you know, as, as sports has changed, you've watched the landscape of, you know, talking heads, the Stephen A. Smiths, the, all of the things that we've seen. Um, do you like the changes or, or do you just go with the flow? I mean, as far as what we watched when you and I were growing up watching Berman and all those guys to what Center has evolved into today.
3: of, of that embracing debate. I love it. If I am at my bar, if I was sitting there with you in person, I don't relish it, uh, five days a week, two hours a day. That's just one show, you know, multiply that by how many others. Uh, cause I think a lot of it's just contrived and I, and I get people like that. I just think I like to do it on the bar stool or with my buddies or in the living room. And I'm not a fan of it. I'm more of the, uh, um, I like, that's why I like sports center for the most part. It is news and information and here it is, and we can give you analysis of it. Um, and I think especially on sports center, you try to keep that as opinion free as possible. Um, uh, if you can, um, I realize that everybody's from somewhere. And so you're going to have some of that, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's not my favorite. I prefer to just have those arguments, not on TV broadcast for everybody. Um, I'll just, I'll just settle it for you and I. And and Troy, if we just want to argue about the Packers and the Vikings and that Kurt Cousins should be jailed, uh, <laughs> or we can talk about how superior the Brewers were after the big sweep of the Twins the other day, uh, okay. the other series, that kind of stuff. Like I just prefer it that way. Um, but clearly, there's a place for it because there's more and more of it, and people that are doing it are making gobs of money. But uh, I I would prefer that people don't know my opinion on on most things so that I can just give you the news. And here it is.
2: Uh, you've covered the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. I mean, how ridiculous no. but unique and compelling is that to watch? And question for you, how many do you think you could uh, chow down in 10 minutes or maybe you prefer broth?
3: Uh, so first off, you described it perfectly, which was, what was it? Unique and compelling and ridiculous. Ridiculous, yes. It It is a theater of the absurd. It is. Um, it is also what I think is totally Americana. Um, and not just 21st century or 2023 America. Like, I feel like it's the best of Coney Island and showmanship and P.T. Barnum and all that. Put it one. It is every bit as ridiculous as you think it is. Uh, I s- have told people before. So I, it, you're just kind of coming in on an old line. Half the people are really they're all like. Um, nutritionists or trainers or just, you know, these really healthy people. And then the other half are just absolute loons, right? They're absolutely just crazy birds. So it's, it's kind of fun to cover. It was a throw into my contract, which was really kind of funny how I ended up with the gig. And then, uh, and then I listen, I don't want to eat nine of them. I don't want to eat 40 of them. I'd like to eat two. And what I'd like to do is have them slathered in Brewer uh, County stadium. Now, uh, AmFam field, Brewer's secret stadium sauce, and that's all I need. I'm not here for the glutton. It's you know, it's just, it it is not me. I above all else, it is disgusting to watch.
1: <laughs> John, uh, we have fans uh, actually all over the world now that we're seen on Roku and your home TV. But uh, we have a fan down in Florida that actually has a question for you. So this is a first. They're starting to send in questions, and we thank right. you if you want to keep doing it, keep doing it. But uh, here we go.
2: Hey guys, first and foremost, big fan of the show and uh, big fan of today's guest, John Anderson. So thank you guys for letting me hop on and ask a question. As a big track and field junkie myself, John, I know you competed at Missouri. I know you host the Bowerman Awards, the annual award for track and field's Heisman Trophy. Is that, in your opinion, the best sport in the world? I know you may be a little bit biased, but... Fill
3: us in. Uh, uh, thanks. That's great that the guy knows what the Bowerman is because we've been trying to publish that uh, and, and for more than 12, 10, 12 years now that uh, the award's out there, and it's fantastic. And this year we'll give it away in December with uh, three great finalists on the men's side and the women's side. They're so good. This, is, uh, this, is, this was my advocate, uh, me advocating for why track and field in and the college level, NCAA level is so great. Uh, all three of those finalists, men's and women's, so the six total, are all right now in Budapest running in the world championships. Um, One fellow would have won the gold medal, and he hurt his knee. He had the best jump in qualifying in the triple jump. Uh, One of the finalists right now is leading the decathlon uh, after the first day. Uh, One of the female um, uh, finalists just took fourth in the 200, and I want to say she was fifth in the 100. Like These people are world class, and so they're amazing. Um, so I do think they're the final, the best conditioned athletes. Um, when you say who's the greatest athlete, right? People go Michael Jordan and some people go, you know, uh, Phil Mickelson. I don't know. Pick who you want. It's hard to, it's hard to quantify that. I just know that um, those people, because it doesn't have the skill, you don't have to shoot a basket, but it's tough to throw a shot put. It's tough to throw a disc as well. There's athleticism to it for sure. That's why all the rest of the world calls it athletics. So I would tell you they are the f- most fit, the fittest, whichever is grammatically correct there. Um, and, yeah, most, there are some that are the greatest athletes in the world. You go look at this decathlon and uh, Leo uh, Nugabauer or Kyle Garland for the U.S., and you look at those guys and you go, wow, I've seen NFL players and there are not a lot of dudes that look like this um they can do what they can so they're yeah they're fantastic athletes and it's great to you know get to know them and watch them compete and it's funny how you start rooting for them you know usa first but then you go well if that person won like this guy from germany who ran at texas he's a, just he couldn't be a better human being and you're like all right so if he wins i'm down with that i like that guy uh you've been involved in some of the most iconic
2: commercials at Center. Uh, my personal favorite, the Ricky Fowler uh, decaf commercial where you put some do, orange juice in his coffee. Out, what was your favorite one to do, and uh, how much fun are they to make?
3: Um, they're really a ball. Uh, they can take a long time because the director's like, do it again, do it again, do it again, even though you know that they're never going to show up, right? Van Pell tells a great story about being in the trunk of the BMW like nine times when he knew the guy was going to take the first take, in, and he did. So uh, I'm really fond of the very first one I did which was with, uh, I don't know, Dave, you were when we had Bon Jovi in the newsroom. Uh, that was fantastic. Filmed at my desk.
1: That was filmed at my desk on my there day off. Guys,
3: yeah. Uh, Ricky Fowler was great fun. My wife went to Oklahoma state. He's just a really good guy. Brought my son with me that day as a track guy. The one with Usain Bolt was super, super fun. The Manning brothers were terrific. That's the thing. Most people get there are just, they're so cool. Like it validates their career. Um, Dave, when I, when I first started and I went back home one time and I worked at EMA, I work at ESPN, like all my friends were like, okay, get your on sports center, but unless you get in a commercial, they think maybe I just was shamming off a Berman's car during the rainstorms. So it, it you know, and I think athletes are like that still, they, they found that it sort of was definitive. Like, okay, I must've made it at some point if I did that. And then, um, the one with Maria Sharapova was terrific. And the late Steve Irwin was unbelievable because remember when he, if you see it, when he's tackling this alligator again and again, he gets up one time and he looks at me, and goes, and I'm not even trying to do an Australian accent. He goes, am I doing okay? I'm like, you're fantastic. He goes, okay, good. Cause I've got a torn ACL and I'm having surgery in about a week and a half. And I'm like, Oh my God, this guy literally is lacing up his bootstraps and pounding Albert, the alligator. And he's got a torn ACL the whole time. You know, so he was he was you know fantastic, and I'm sure I'm forgetting some, but those were were some of the uh, the best ones. You know, Maria Sharapova came in, and she was a delight. I'm sure some people are like, oh, she must be a diva, and maybe she is, but she wasn't that day. Brought her little dog in a bowling ball case or whatever, and yeah, she was she was fantastic.
1: You know, recently there's been a lot of uh, back and forth of the greatest basketball player and Jordan is talking about magic Johnson, the best point guard. And of course then, you know, everybody's chiming in, you know, do people try to ask you what that Mount Rushmore of is at ESPN? Because we work with some amazing iconic legends there. And Those legends aren't there anymore, and there are very few like you. I mean, it's just going to happen. The natural evolution now is we want the young kids and hip and TikTok and all that stuff, but do you have a Mount Rushmore, of the top four or five, without making them mad? And you don't have to rank them, just say they all deserve to
3: be on it. Let's see. Um, So I don't think you can do it, obviously, without Boomer. I probably would put Bob Lee on there. I would probably put uh, um, Stuart Scott on there because I think he changed culture. And then um, how do you put, you know, Dan, Keith, Van Pelt, and Linda Ho- uh, Linda Cohn on one? Can they all be one? Can they be one one down there? You know? So um, If we maybe- can
1: change all the Pac-10s and Pac-12s, we can like, put like eight yeah, or but, nine on there. Guess, then.
3: You know, it's kind of between Berman and Bob Lee, but I think more people recognize Berman culturally. So we'll put Berman there. I'm going to put, um, uh, I'm going to put Berman. I'm going to put Dan Patrick because he and what he and, and um, Keith did to raise the profile of ESPN to being what it is in cultural significance. So I'm going to put him. Um, Keith has made up with the company, but I still think Dan is there. Um, And then I'll put Stu. And then I do think we need some female representative on the thing. And I think Linda Cohn has done unbelievable things uh, for women in journalism and women anchors and she's still going and she's like Benjamin button. Somehow she's, she's aging backwards, which is crazy. And then since and what she's done the,
1: for hockey, she's been one of the biggest proponents of any anchor for hockey.
3: And I was going to say, and since I, I know there's a lot of Minnesota people that will watch this because of you guys background, she could not be more of a hockey person. Although, although Troy, she's, she's Oswego. And if there's a D three rival for my boys at St. Norbert's college, that's it. Well, <laughs> they kind of butt heads right there.
1: And John, I, I wanted to ask you too, cause you know, you and I work there a lot. We used to have these conversations because I can say it cause I'm not employed there anymore. There was <laughs> a East coast bias in coverage and it always seemed like it was always Mets, Yankees, Red Sox, Giants, mm-hmm. Jets, you know, and thank God for ESPN LA. But, you know, you and I were I was talking about, hey, the Brewers are good and the Twins are good and the Bucks are going to be good. And, of course, the Packers during the Favre era and all those kind of things. I mean, do you think you, you, you're kind of known for having that Midwest appeal and you've brought some of that over because you're always talking about it. You take your time on the highlights. You make sure that you show different things that are part of the, the culture of the Midwest. So, I mean, do you feel like you've contributed and do you think there's still kind of a bias to that?
3: Uh, so there's a, there is, there's no doubt there's an East Coast bias. There's none. Now I used to argue with people. Be, this is kind of in the weeds just a little. Is you know you used to you couldn't show baseball games until they were over. That used to be the rule. We've changed that now. The last ten years where you could. So the longest time, I had friends in St. Louis and I had friends in Milwaukee. I'm like, okay, your game starts at you know eight o'clock your time. If it doesn't get over in three hours, which baseball doesn't, I can't lead with it no matter how much I want to lead with the Cardinals or the Brewers. Okay, so now what do you have to lead with? Well, the Yankees and the Red Sox. So for a long time, I placated myself like that. Uh, these days, this weekend, it, was, it the Red Sox and the Yankees were ahead of the Brewers. And I said, why are the Yankees and the Red Sox? Why are the fourth and fifth place teams in the, in the division ahead of the division leader? Well, it's a historical Yankee losing streak. Well, Aaron- <laughs> so there's always some reason. That the Yankees and Red Sox trump the Twins, who are in first place, even though their record's not great, or the Brewers, whose record are in first place, even though their record's not the Braves. There's just always some reason. So yes, that's there. And Aaron Rodgers to the Jets has exploded. But ask yourself, if Aaron Rodgers had gone to any other team other than maybe the Cowboys, does the world explode around that? If he's in the, if he's the Chief, if he's a Bronco, if he is a Seahawk, not a chance. If he goes home to be with San Francisco. Do you think they're hard knocks? Do you think people are doing this, you know, uh, day after day after day? No. So it's absolutely there, which is why I fight for it all the time. Uh, I will say this, uh, and, and, and the last show I did on Monday, the A's were playing the Royals. And there was a walk-off, so it made its way into the show. And I said, oh, here's, here's this week's best fourth place versus fifth place. <laughs> Uh, because he's two And I said, obviously, the, you know, the Red Sox and Yanks fourth and fifth place, very good over the weekend. But this is the better one. So I, I try to where I can every once in a while I'll skewer that. Um, and as I often have, I like to say this. It's a line from Dan Jenkins. I, I don't mind poking. I just I try not to draw blood every once in a while. You miss and you do and you feel bad about that and you say you're sorry. Uh, but most of the time, yeah, I poke a little bit. But yeah, yeah, we still. Yeah. The Yankees. Oh, look, Aaron Judge hit three home runs. Okay, I guess we would have led with anybody at that point. We did, did that, but it's just it's a, it's amazing that the Yankees are stinking out loud. There's no reason <laughs> to put them on TV, and we do. Well,
1: thank God for Aaron Rodgers because we'd be you would be at the ballpark every day. What's wrong with the Yankees? What's wrong with the Yankees? So they've oh. kind of they're they're lucky they've got him in town now. And speaking of that Midwest bias, uh, we have Will Stein. <laughs> Oh. actually here from his uh Minnesota uh, <laughs> shed, I think, somewhere. So we're all ganging up. But, uh, you Will, thanks for joining us. <laughs> How are you, Will?
0: I'm doing fine. I saw the Green Bay Packers stuff. I respect the rivalry. I enjoy the fans in, in the You tradition.
3: mean the 13-time NFL champion Green Bay Packers? Correct? Yes, sir. Uh,
0: sure. But I respect the fans and the tradition of Lambeau Field. It's a great – rivalry to be a part of and every
3: time i go to lambo for a game it's always a fun experience
0: so i appreciate you guys and what your fan base
3: does i tell you but and people forget that the vikings won an nfl championship right i get they lost the super bowl to the chiefs but there we go oh they've never won a championship they actually were they were the nfl champs even though they lost that super bowl so they do have one when he gets there and and whenever i try to legitimize myself legitimize myself as a midwesterner to people who are in in Minnesota. So they know that I'm not just, you know, antagonistic. I'm like, well, one, I know where the Mississippi river starts, which by the way, you can confuse most people all over the world. <laughs> Dave, I think, I think Steve Levy still thinks I'm lying about that. <laughs> uh, right. Um, I've actually seen a game, a football game oh, okay. in December in the Met. Okay. So that counts. I feel like that. And then like half my graduating class, cause of reciprocity, they all went to school at the U there and then they all stayed it's amazing how many people when they go there stay and that's like friends of mine or like tori hunter right like it's amazing how many people go to the twin cities and go yeah i don't mind having to go through skywalks during the winter you know that they that they come through and and, and uh and uh really enjoy the place but that doesn't mean i'll ever do the skull cheer i was at a wedding <laughs> a wedding with one of my dearest friends and his daughter married a guy from minnesota and the, the dad gave him uh, the, the, the dad, the, the girl's daughter, uh, the, the girl's dad, gave um, the, the couple, you know, Minnesota jerseys with now the married name on the back. And then they all got up and did a scold chair. And I was right in the front and I, <laughs> I would not get up. And everybody's looking at me. And finally, the guy goes, Packer fan. So I got a lusty boo after that but like i just there's some things as much as i enjoy yeah. the state and i'll advocate it for there are certain limits that i that i, that I have to boundaries i have to respect
1: well before will uh, jumps in i just want to say too i i got to play a wounded warrior football game at halftime of the packers uh dolphins game in Lambo, and it was mm-hmm. i think it was 32 below and as a tribute i didn't wear sleeves nice. i went out there and played and it was just I came off the field to a standing ovation. It was one of those, you don't get those moments in the Metrodome. You get those at Lambeau, and it was just, it was one of the most, You if you haven't gone to a football game in your lifetime, make that Mecca to Lambeau Field. It's a very special place to watch football, and it, it really is, it's a hometown feel because it is, it's a small town. It really, you know, you, you can, you know, there's bigger towns within two miles of, St. Paul, Minneapolis, and all those places. So, uh, yeah. But, Will, I know you're at work, so jump in. I know you got a great
0: question, bud. So you were part of the Wipeout host committee. What was the worst Wipeout that you've ever seen?
3: Oh, wow. Um, boy, I, honestly, it's, it's crazy. The show has been off the air for like seven years, even though it still lives in reruns. And people used to always ask John Henson, he'd be like, did anybody ever get seriously hurt? And he'd go, well, let's define seriously before we decide what's been hurt. Uh, there was a guy in the first season, what was his name? and He did a vicious split that he took a blow in the man region that today still sort of uh, makes me cringe. And also in season, we had this thing where they walked on a treadmill and then we kind of, they were like in flip flops and key goggles or something and crazy goggles. And then uh, we just let like each boys come at them. There's my boy, John Henson. God, is he funny. Um, and a guy tripped and he fell down on it and he broke I'm not, I think it's, it's, I can say it now or I said and he broke both his wrists, oh. um, cracked them both. So he had to do the rest of the thing. Uh, and then after that, they made everybody do uh wrist guards. So, you know, there were so many of them that I, it's hard to pick one. I'll tell you, this is how many there were and how big they were. Is John that you see there is it, he is a comedian by craft and by trade, and he would work on a joke and reword it, and he'd go, you know, I trying to get it just right. And sometimes I'm like, John, one, we got to get going. And two, people are going to laugh their ass off so hard at the guy that just fell down, they're not going to hear a word you say. I don't care how funny the joke is. Sometimes just let it go. And hopefully we did that. Hopefully, you know, at times we let this, the, the absolute buffoonery you're seeing here speak for itself. But Jacob, what was the name? Jacob, man, Jacob? I don't know. But he, yeah, he did a split that in, involved. Um, yes. Yeah, look at that. You know, like that looks like that could be the worst ever. And, and they did that six times a show. So, uh, you know, it was great. We, we beat them up pretty good. And we can't decide if they had to sign, like, the world's thickest rider, not Sue, or that they just signed a coffee table, you know, coffee, a, a, a bar napkin and said, yeah, what the hell, do what you want to me.
1: Uh, John, what do you do with those 17-cent residual checks from uh, Game Show Network or whatever? Are you, are you living on those?
3: Uh, I, I, I put, that's how I'm putting my kids through school.
1: Um, and my other my other question is did you ever turn to him and say why don't you dye the white spot on the side of your head cuz he always had that little white patch and I'm like when he's doing his stand up I'm focused on the white patch and I, I always was kind of curious you know almost a John Boy Walton kind of thing
3: right but if your company name is skunk boy inc you can't you can't get rid of that otherwise now you got to rename the company and you got to refile stuff and the IRS and your S corp and you can't yeah you can't have it but Well, that was a
1: great question, and I want to peel – let's peel the walls back. Were you guys – it seemed like you weren't even on site, that you were sitting in a room, they were playing in it, and and it seemed like it was canned. And it just – were you guys ever there? or Like it just seemed like you guys were in one place and everything else was taking place. Like, you know, I was just curious.
3: So uh, John, because he lives in California, uh, he would go out there uh, on occasion – and, and do some live stuff. Jill obviously was out there the whole time. Uh, I never quit living in Connecticut. And uh, <laughs> Dave, so ESPN was very kind of like, oh, you're doing it for ABC. We will allow you to do that. Great. We will allow you to do it on your days off. So I literally, depending on what my days would be during the during the particular filming run, I would come off the overnight, which at then was, you know, three o'clock in the morning, come back shower. I'd get a, a car service. Luckily, would come pick me up around 4, 4.30, get to the airport, fly across the country, get there around 11.30, and we would start filming at one o'clock. I'd change and eat a jelly donut, and we'd film into the night. Then the next two days, we spent um, voicing over all the stuff, and then I'd take the red eye home so I could be back in time to do the show. I have been in 130 episodes I was at the wipeout course. Uh, I'll do this. I'll, I'll put the over and under at six. What do you think? <laughs> what do you think? Are you uh, going to take over or under? Under. I was there twice. We have it. An exclusive. I was twice. Once during the day, I saw it, and then and then one time I was there for a wipeout zone uh, that they were shooting. That happened to be because uh, that was done. But yeah. So most of it was done. Um, uh, all that stuff was edited and then we put it together and we'd kind of spent a lot of time writing and doing things like that. And, uh,
1: so you guys never went out and said, oh, let's try this and see how stupid it is. Right. You didn't, they didn't get you guys out bouncing
3: around or anything. Right. No. And here's my answer to that. Cause Paul Azinger, when I was at the U S open one time said, have you ever run the course? I said, no. Do you see what happens to those people? That's no, of course not. <laughs> That'd be dumb. Why would I ever want to do that? <laughs> And he goes, well, you're commentating on it. I, I, I think you should have to do it at least once. And I said, uh, Paul, I'm about to call the U.S. Open golf tournament. No one has said I have to play in this to do that. So <laughs> if you let me play in the U.S. Open, you go talk to the USGA and you let me play, then I'll go run the wipeout course. And that was the end of the argument. He's like, crap, you got me. Yeah, OK, fine. So uh, that was that was the end of that. But yeah, I, why would I want to do that? You see what happened to those people it was terrible. Go ahead, Will. So we talked about
0: Lambeau Field a little bit when I came on. What's the coldest game that you've ever been to at Lambeau Field? I was at a game where it was like negative 20 wind chill and I wanted to mm-hmm. just go inside the Lambeau Field atrium at halftime because I was so cold.
3: Okay, well, first off, I'm going to call you Big Weasel because when I was a kid, we didn't have the Lambeau Field atrium. You were there and you had to stick it out, Right. No, I'm not talking like Dave where I went, you know, without shirt sleeves when I did that. So uh, I actually – I'd love to have a quick – there's two. The coldest game I can remember, I went to an actual 10-10 tie against the Vikings. Um, 75, 77, 78, somewhere like that. 10-10 game against the Vikings. That was brutally cold that day, or at least my 12-year-old, 13-year-old self thought that. And then I was at the Super – Super cold, cold game. It was like the day after Christmas against the Raiders when there was the first Lambeau leap. When when Nick Bell wanted nothing to do with it, and they fumbled it. You know, he misses it. Reggie White gives it to Leroy Butler, and I'm there for the first Lambeau leap, And that is the coldest game I've ever been to. Luckily, I was sitting indoors with my mom. that game. <laughs> so it was the coldest game I've been to, but it's not the coldest game I ever sat through uh, when it comes through. And just to put a button on that day, when you talk about the hometown field, because I was literally texting with an old classmate of mine, one of my dear friends in high school. Uh, and our old high school is opening up a brand new football stadium. It's being refurbished. When we were in high school, there was only one high school, one football stadium on our side of town. And it was at the rival high school. It was west. The other side, the east side of town, played at the old East High Stadium, which is where the Packers actually played when they first started uh, but before my high school had a, a field to play on the west side, my brothers they played their high school football games on Friday night at Lambeau Field. That was our high school field. Like, wow, yeah, they don't do that in the wow. NFL anymore. Now that they realize they can make, you know, gobs of money. But I saw, I saw, you know, I bet I saw seven or eight games on a Friday night at Lambeau Field that my brothers played for the Green Bay Southwest Trojans, which is absurd to think that that could happen. Oh, I got
2: one more before we yeah. let you go. Uh, in 2010, you competed in the New York uh, City Marathon for uh, as yeah. captain of uh, Team Tillman. Kind of I talk about that honor of uh, doing that uh, for the late uh, Pat Tillman and his foundation?
3: So first off, it's so much easier to call the New York Marathon because you get to just start at the end and let them run to you. Okay, so that's my favorite. And I'm done in like two and a half hours. Um, running it was really kind of amazing. Um, I don't pretend to know, uh, have known Pat Tillman really, really well. I don't think he did anybody in the media, but I covered him on the Rose Bowl team. The next year when they went to the Sun Bowl team is his first year there, the three years I was in Arizona. So I knew Pat and Pat would be able to know who I was, but we were not buddy, buddy. Um, but because I kind of knew that and they were coming to New York to New York to put together team Tillman to raise money for his foundation to, uh, put the kids of widowed um, um, widowed wives and and those children that lost their father through school. Well, I am one of the few people in the media that never has wanted to write a novel. And I'm one of the few people in life who runs but never wanted to run a marathon. But I thought, oh my God, I've totally got to do this. Uh, I said, but I need somebody to do it with me. And so they were kind enough to let my niece, who was a great runner, uh, run with me. She raised the money and and she got in. So it was an unbelievable honor to be asked. Yeah. I put myself through it. Um, I had a really significant ankle injury when I was in college, and I had it fixed. And I could only, to this day, I can run for about an hour straight, or I could run about eight miles. And there was a time when those were the same thing. And so I, I never ran more than 10 miles to train for this thing. And But I thought, if I can run eight, and if I walk one, and I run eight, and I walk one, I run eight, boom, there's 26 miles. You're in. So that was my plan, and just whatever it was, was it the crowd or the group? I ran the first 19, and then I walked uh, 20, and then I ran 20 to 22, and then I thought I'm going to run or I'm going to walk 22 to 23, and then at 23, really all you have left is a 5K. I can get my, I can, get, you can get your head around. Okay, I just got to power through a 5K, and so it, it's you're coming up along Central Park, and you can see. All the mile markers, and you can see 23 in the distance. And I'm girding myself, right? I'm thinking, okay, you you have trained a little bit. You were an athlete. You know what it's like to be, you know, through adversity. Um, you're running for Pat Tillman. That's a great cause. Pat Tillman gave his life for this kind of, Like, so I'm really girding myself to make this final 5K push. And about 200 meters, maybe a bit more, 300. A guy in a banana suit runs by me. <laughs> and I'm thinking, excuse, excuse my friend, <laughs> I got to go chase down a guy in a banana suit because my kids are the finish line. And the, well, oh, I can't, you know, kids will say what they, kids are perfectly honest. Dad, you did great. Did you see the guy in the banana suit that ran? That <laughs> that ahead of you? Did he go by you?
2: Oh.
0: So for
3: All this great intention I had and all this honor that you talk about, Troy, like, and it was all that. In the end, I'm literally spending the last 3.2 miles chasing down a dude in a banana suit. And I got him, which was cool. Right around Columbus Circle, and then at <laughs> the end, because everybody wears where they're from if they're international. There were two guys, two uh, two fellows with um, uh, uh, a man and a wife, two people, and they had um, like uh, Denmark or Norway. And I'm like, I'm not losing to two speed skaters, so I picked them off late too at the end to <laughs> get in there. But yeah. yeah, so here was this thing that was an honor, and I ran with some Till team and Till uh, team Tillman people along the way. But in the end, man, it's every man for himself. And this man had to chase down a dude in a banana suit. Wow. Well,
1: Humiliating. You know, that's that's a great story. And you've had a great career, a long legacy starting out, you know, on TV a long, long time ago, right? Do you remember? Do you recognize that guy right there? Uh I do. That's I what I, KTUL, I'm, is that one?
3: Right now I'm 6'2 a half. I used to be 6'8", as you can tell. Yeah, that was at KTUL. Uh, my first job was at uh, – no, no. I was at KTL and then I was at KOTV. That's when I was at KOTV. Okay. And then you uh, went to yeah, my home state us. at
1: KPHO and then you worked your way up. And I love looking at pictures of like you and Neil and Bucci oh, together. And, and as, uh, as we talked about the great commercials, it's a great commercial uh, picture of you and Ricky Fowler and that great uh, color brine commercial that, mm-hmm. that t- Troy was talking about. But, uh, yeah, the man, the myth, the legend, uh, John, what's, what's your, you know, I say, what's my legacy, but what, what is your legacy? How do you want people to remember Thanks. you as what you did, who you are? I mean, your career is not over, but obviously yeah. there's going to be some sort of thing you're known for.
3: Yeah. Like at, at, at 58, it's, it's, you know, I'm closer to the end than I am in the beginning for sure. Uh, I haven't really thought about that in a long way. Cause you know how it is, Dave, there's another show coming on Sunday. And then after that, there's one coming on Monday and they just keep coming. Um, I, just, I hope at the end, if people think, Oh, I remember John Anderson. I hope they just went and he, he was good at it. Like he cared about every show. Uh, he literally, and this is true. I care about every word that's in the show, um, to the point that, you know, even PAs are like, really, you're going to correct me on it's and theirs. Yeah, I am. Uh, um, and that, you know, if, if, if on a, on occasion that we said something entertaining, that's great. Uh, oh, that's my boy, Devin Dixon right next to me. um, from a from a ncaa track meet but yeah hopefully this this you know what he he was good at what he did and he cared about it and he tried really hard and he cared about being accurate and he cared about being right and he cared about uh making sure things were um uh accurately called whether it was names or scores and then if along the way we did a few things that made people uh chuckle or were entertaining like butchie and i when we we were looking back at the tom some tom on Tom Brady's uh, birthday back when he turned 42, you know, then that would be, that would be great too. You know, listen, if people can remember I did the show and I mean that sort of seriously, Dave, because there are a number of people that they'll pop up on, you know, uh, other networks and they'll go, Oh, I, gosh, that guy used to work there. Where, you know, where, where's he been since he left ESPN and you'll read their resume and they'll go, you know, and worked on ESPN sports center. I'm like, I don't remember that. And I've done a bunch of them. Um, you know, because kind of, doing one doesn't count. Well, it does, but I don't know that that makes you a full-on sports center anchor. I guess you can put oh, it on your resume. So you don't get your letter jacket. So yeah. So if in the end, at some point, people actually might remember I did the show, I'd take that too. You know, because <laughs> I think there are a lot of people that pass through uh, that people don't know did the show, never really got a chance to do the show. Um, that that did great work on ESPN News. Uh, you know, I'm not degrading them. They're just there were not open seats for a long time. You know, one of the great things that I always say about working with, if I see Butchie on the schedule or I see uh, Levy on the schedule, I know that's who I'm going to work with. Um, I've been there 25 years, Dave. I still have not used my 10 sick days from any one year. Wow. And Butchie and Levy have missed even less. I blame it on a bad shoulder that I had to take two days off because I had a rotator cuff repaired. Um, But yeah, so I've been there 25 years, uh, 24 years and a couple of months. And I have yet to use my ten sick days.
1: I see the Emmys, but I don't see all the mouse stuff and the Cinderella and all those trophies that we get for longevity. So,
3: yeah, I think I have one somewhere around here. This is because I, 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 everyone. I do a podcast uh, called Inside Wisconsin, and it, the name sort of tells you what it's about. Hence the picture of Andy North, because really, oh, yeah, you can you do North. anything without a picture of Andy North um, and Barry Alvarez helmet, and then my famous, uh, my good luck, Mister Salty doll from when I was a high jumper. Um, <laughs> Zach Zymek, Wisconsin zone, who was in the, he just had to drop out of the decathlon. Uh, but I put those out there for the guy I do it with. And he was he was making fun of me for something. Or I think maybe he had a soapbox, a, 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 excuse me, a Pinewood Derby thing behind him. I'm like, what is that? He goes, dude, my Pinewood Derby. And so I kind of put those out as a flex to answer his time uh, being a successful pinewood derby participant when he was in cub scouts at age nine that apparently he's still very proud of and hanging on to so that's why a couple of them are back there wow
2: what a well uh, john i really appreciate show, you taking man. Time on your busy day and uh, i see the green bay packer uh, stock certificate in the background also
3: it's there i've got what the complete history of the green bay packers is there uh what else so that's ballparks um just in case anybody wondered, like there was a time in my life when I had my vehicle license. <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, I was a, that's a Brewer all-star cap. Like I got, yeah, I am, uh, I'm, uh, as much as I love Missouri, I am, uh, I am, I'm still, I still kind of, you cut me open, I bleed Cardinal. I breed Badger red, you know, when it, when it comes through. And, and like I said, the Packers and um, Packers won a Super Bowl in my lifetime. The Badgers have won national hockey championships in my lifetime. The Badgers have gone to the Rose Bowl in my lifetime. The Bucks won a championship, although when they did it, I was in Tokyo covering track at the Olympics of all the time. <laughs> the one thing I haven't had is I need the Brewers to win a World Series. Then, then, then you can take me. Then just come pick me up. I, I'll, I'll be done. You know, my senior year in high school, they got to the World Series and lost to the Cardinals. How does then, Milwaukee not have a hockey team? Well, we have the Admirals. Yeah, they're pretty good. Well, the Admirals are right there, you know, uh, and they're pretty good. I think they played. They, might, I'm trying to think if they played for the the the, the championship this year. But um, I think I think it was like some the the Roadrunners. Remember the Roadrunners that used to be in Phoenix and then they went. To- yeah, the Phoenix Roadrunners. Yeah. Yeah, and now they're the something. They're like the Coachella Valley ones. I don't know whether they're still over there. I think they played. I think they played the Admirals, but yeah, I don't I don't know if the town could support that one as well. I think they do well to handle the, the bucks in the winter and the brewers in the summer. And then, you know, the, the, the Packer fans that still come up for their two games a uh, year up in Lambeau now that they took them on of County stadium. So um, yeah, I don't well, know. I don't know that the markets could handle that one.
1: Well, John, thanks so much for spending some time with us. Will Troy, final thoughts.
0: I appreciate you spending time with us as far as the football Will be enemies for two days yep. out of 365 days. But we will be friends 363 <laughs> out of 365 days. Listen,
3: I get that a lot. I, you know, I kid my friend. Uh, if you don't know Carrie Tullison you should. There's a guest for you, right? One of the she's a premier voice in, in, uh, in track and field. Both her announcing work and then you know she ran in the, uh, the Olympics and was a national champ. So she's wonderful. So yeah, as she she gets down on me. Every once in a while, my my favorite nephew lives there in Woodbury. He's he's ready to go. And I'll say this about Minnesota people. This is where I'll leave you about how I, how, and Midwest, Midwesterners know, because I bet you guys can tell people from Wisconsin, from people in Iowa, from people in Minnesota, how they talk. And I was doing the New York City, Mar- City Marathon with Tim Hutchins, who is from Great Britain, and Carrie Tolson, who is from Minnesota. She grew up. Uh, kind of in the western part of the state the name escapes me um, and as i introduced him i said you know here they're here are your voices and i said by the way uh, to me it's easier to tell that she's from minnesota than it's than he is from great britain and his accent was you know he sounded like prince charles. <laughs> prince charles when he comes through you know so anyway and every once in a while i fall into it somebody said something the other day and i said oh no and i'm like god did i just sound all like just fell off the truck and off the truck in mm-hmm. rhineland or lacrosse or whatever you know oh my Oh, my goodness. So, anyway, well, I, I appreciate you guys making time for me. Hey, uh, Dave, great the show. The place isn't the same without you. The place isn't the same anymore, period, after COVID. Like, there's nobody there. We, it, it feels sometimes like a ghost town. Uh, I miss the banter of some of those people that are around. Um, as you know, I'm not fan. I, I like the young people, but when they have to tell me that this is how you spell Yastrzemski, or, you know, um, <laughs> yeah, the other day I had to t- oh, some kid put in there, he said that uh, Raphael Devers – had more home runs against the Yankees because it was the Red Sox Yankees more home runs against the Yankees at age 27 than Ted Williams. And I said, I feel like this lacks context. He goes, what do you mean? I said, well, you know, Ted Williams was flying a plane against the Germans in his 24, 25 and 26 seasons. Oh no, I had no idea. Why don't we go back and change that then? That's not right. So when it comes through, but I miss, I miss, you know, we we miss having enough people in there. To, those were some of the safeguards that are just kind of built into the place because they come up in random conversation. So anyway, yeah. I feel like I need to go. It's dark where you are now, Dave. You're I know. Thank you God, you God for, for, for uh, my for
1: uh, light. For God for the city bonfire's <laughs> fire pit here keeping me warm. <laughs> but uh, no, thanks again, John. Uh, great sport, and it's always yeah, yeah. great to talk to you. We miss you, and hopefully we'll get together soon. For Troy and Will, of course, I'm Dave Stevens out here in the outdoors. So good night, everybody. Continue to follow us on all social media platforms, including YouTube, Facebook, Roku, and your home TV. I'm Dave Stevens. Make sure you continue to support Gary, Statt, and Stevens. That's a wrap.
0: Thank, Thank you, you for tuning in again to the Gary, Stan, and Steven, Steven show. show. Follow us on social media, watch us on yourhometv.com, or now, we're on Roku. Download it and watch us, and thanks for tuning in. Until next time, America.